Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. We're nearing the halfway point of this year as today is the 27th of June, the 178th day of 2022, with 187 days ahead of us until 2023. Today in 1746, Flora MacDonald came to the assistance of Bonnie Prince Charlie, whom she helped disguise as her Irish maid, Betty Burke and then took him on a boat to the Isle of Skye to evade capture by the British government forces pursuing him. Today, in 1898, Nova Scotia-born Joshua Slocum, who would become a naturalized American citizen, arrived in Newport, Rhode Island, having departed Boston, Massachusetts, three years earlier, and in the interim, become the first person to solo circumnavigate the Earth, having sailed more than 46,000 miles aboard his 36-foot gaff-rigged sloop oyster boat named Spray. In 1899, Captain Slocum published his account of the voyage in Sailing Around the World. Also today in 1898, Charlotte Cooper won her third Wimbledon Singles Tennis Championship by beating Louisa Martin. Heavenward this morning in the eastern sky before dawn, the planets Venus and Mercury were keeping company with our waning crescent moon and the star cluster Pleiades. And tonight in the eastern sky, look for the summer triangle, so named because three bright stars from three constellations create a noticeable triangular pattern. They are, most southerly, Altair in the constellation Aguila the Eagle, then above and to the left, Deneb in the constellation Cygnus the Swan, and centered farther above, Vega in the constellation Lyra the Harp. Meanwhile, strumming the harp of memoriam, we find the continuation of COVID. Now mind that the melody of memoriam is often difficult to discern amid the compunction to pursue activities conducive to the spread of coronavirus. When a plague such as the one that's been with us since the early days of 2020 becomes regulated to the back pages of the local newspapers, when the aw shucks what are you going to do anyway approach gains traction, when the vocabulary wanders from pandemic to endemic so that the logical mind drifts toward mush, we see collectively how adept we can be at letting stuff get out of hand. For example, with the U.S. showing 87 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21, 2020, how lengthy will the eventual concluding tally be? Will we continue to be the world's leader in COVID with 16% of the world's 543 million cases when we're only 4% of the world's population? Elsewhere in the world, will the major industrialized nations continue to hold second through seventh places? To wit, India with 44 million cases, Brazil with 32 million cases, France with 31 million cases, Germany with 28 million cases, the UK with 23 million cases, and Russia with 19 million cases cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 29 months ago. The conclusion is that, at least for the nonce, The numbers are slowly down in some places. On the fatal front worldwide, current numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially at sites such as Johns Hopkins, now at 6.4 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States, according to the Johns Hopkins and other credible sources, are presently at 
1.1 million. Data from other sources, including major media, reveal an average of 100,000 cases of COVID being announced each day in the U.S., and that the U.S. has sustained more than 2,000 deaths since last week. Not a huge number for some folks. Only an average of 300 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. No matter what, however, the United States continues to be the world leader in COVID's horrific toll, with even our stalwart leader in the U.S. pandemic response, Dr. Anthony Fauci, having his own first positive test for coronavirus a week ago and showing mild symptoms. Worldwide, more than 11.7 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1869 in Oakland, California, mining engineer Robert Neal Williams and his wife welcomed their new daughter Mary into the world. Mary received her early schooling at the convent of Notre Dame in nearby San Jose and later attended the San Francisco School of Design. By age 21, she had married, moved to New York, and found work with Joseph Pulitzer's New York World, where she provided illustrated interviews with caricatures of the rich and famous and adopted the pseudonym Kate Carew, also calling herself the only woman caricaturist. A year later, Pulitzer sent her to Europe for a series of interviews titled Kate Carew Abroad. Abroad and at home, her subjects would include a host of notables, including Ethel Barrymore, Sarah Bernhardt, Bret Hart, Emile Zola, Jack London, W.B. Yeats, Pablo Picasso, Winston Churchill, Theodore Roosevelt, J.P. Morgan, Wilbur and Orville Wright, and countless others. In her 1904 Confessions of an Interviewer, she begins, My first confession is that I once interviewed a man without his knowledge. His name was Mark Twain. Today is also the birthday in 1872 of African-American poet and novelist Paul Lawrence Dunbar. In 1880 of American author, disability rights advocate, political activist, and lecturer Helen Keller. In 1899 of American airline pioneer and founder of Pan Am, Juan Tripp. In 1930, of American business magnate, billionaire, politician, and philanthropist, H. Ross Perot. In 1951, of American actress, Julia Duffy. And in 1975, of American actor, Toby Maguire. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the second week of summer. <laughs>